This message comes from NPR sponsor Total Wine and More. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Today on State of the World, a power shift in Poland. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Monday, December 11th. I'm Greg Dixon. In a few minutes, we ask superfans of French singer Edith Piaf what they think of using AI to recreate her voice. First, in Poland, a power shift. A vote in the Polish parliament ended eight years of rule by the right-wing Law and Justice Party. It's a historic shift of government for a key U.S. ally. The parliamentary proceedings were so anticipated that hundreds watched them on the big screen in one of Warsaw's biggest cinemas. And NPR's Rob Schmitz was there. At Warsaw's Kinoteca Theater inside the city's massive Soviet-era Palace of Culture and Science, audiences can choose from Ridley Scott's biopic about Napoleon, Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, or Hollywood's latest reincarnation of Willy Wonka. But today's big-ticket show was Poland's parliament. (laughs) This feature had it all. Heroes, villains, laugh-out-loud flashes of comedy, and the tragedy of defeat. All of it broadcast live from just blocks away. I'm glad I came, says Lukasz Karas, an IT worker in Warsaw. He says people are laughing, clapping, and booing whenever the outgoing prime minister utters a lie. I didn't expect it to be this fun. Karas, who also plays bass in a punk band and sports a green mohawk, eats from a tub of popcorn. It's 11.30 in the morning, and he's heading to the concession counter to buy his fifth beer. Watching Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki has made Karas thirsty, and it's reminded him how much he despised the law and justice-led government. They nearly ruined our democracy, he says. They brought it all down, and it'll take years to rebuild. They're fascist, he scowls. Inside the theater, Morawiecki is finishing his speech, advising the next government that it needs to stick to democratic norms. This coming from a man who the European Union says oversaw the dismantling of Poland's democratic institutions is, to this audience, like an Oscar-worthy performance. Repairman Tomasz Wilczak compares Morawiecki to another character on the big screen. It's it's like uh, Pinocchio. (laughs) Wilczak says it's therapeutic to watch Law and Justice's final hours of rule over Poland with others. Their policies have taken a toll on my mental health, he says. We've all paid an emotional price for this government. Wilczak says the turnout today, two movie theaters filled with people in their 20s, shows his generation's impact. In past elections, young people were too cynical to vote, he says, but nearly 70% of those under 30 turned out this time. People like Justinia Pelch, who increasingly felt helpless as a woman due to law and justice's near-complete ban on abortion. I wanted to live abroad, and that was one of the the reasons, because I couldn't see my future in in my own country, and I think this is very sad, and this was the the similar case for many my uh, friends. In the meantime, she's sitting with a box of popcorn, watching the transfer of power. Actually, I think that watching this together 
is like amazing experience to see people that also care. Pan, pan poseł Kobosko, pan przewodniczący Kobosko się pojawił. Ja przypomnę tylko, że Back in the theater, the audience has sat through hours of parliamentary debate, and outside, the sun has gone down. It's also setting on the government of Prime Minister Morawiecki as he makes final comments, paving the way for a vote of no confidence. The vote results appear on the silver screen. After eight years in power, the law and justice government is no more. It's the end of an era. It's the finale of today's six-hour epic, Eat Your Heart Out, Scorsese. And the audience rises to its feet in unison, chanting their final words to law and justice. Dovidzenia. Goodbye. Rob Schmitz, NPR News, Warsaw. We'll be back in a minute. This message comes from NPR sponsor Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. This episode's sponsor is PWC, which offers the following message. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. PWC pairs the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud. Fuel innovation with responsible AI and detect risks before they become headlines. Human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation from PwC. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Integrative Therapeutics. With vitamins and supplements previously available only through practitioners, including Cortisol Manager. Unlock your best self with clinician-curated supplements from Integrative Therapeutics. Now on Amazon. An iconic French cabaret singer is going to get a recreation thanks to artificial intelligence. Warner Music says it will use AI to recreate the late Edith Piaf's singular voice and image in an upcoming biopic. Rebecca Rossman went to Piaf's working-class Paris neighborhood to see how fans feel about the news. Bernard Marchois was 17 years old, kind of shy, but he wasn't going to let a little bit of introversion to stop him from meeting his favorite singer. I met her one day at the Olympia, he says. It was 1958, and he had bought a ticket to see Edith Piaf at one of Paris's most famous venues. She was a global cabaret superstar who had performed at Carnegie Hall and on the Ed Sullivan Show. So when he built up the courage to pass by Piaf's dressing room after the show, she couldn't help but notice how young he was. And so she told me, he says, next time you want to come see me perform, come by the artist's entrance and I'll let you in. And that's exactly what I did, he says. And then a friendship developed, which lasted for five years. After her death at only 47 years old, Marchois and Piaf's widower opened a museum in Piaf's modest apartment where her music is always playing in the background. I never get tired of her voice, he says. I listen to Piaf all day and it doesn't bother me at all. And what if her voice was recreated using AI? I'm a little opposed, he says. Even if it's very, very well done, I'll always have the feeling that it's a machine working behind the scenes. 
Warner Music Group is partnering with Piaf's estate to produce a film about her life. Its director, Julie Vey, declined to be interviewed. But a press release says she will use AI to recreate Piaf's face and voice to narrate the film. It will surely be judged in the working-class neighborhood of Belleville, where Piaf was born and raised. Safeguarding their local legend is a sacred and selective art. Here at Au Vieux Belleville, a lively cabaret restaurant and bar, singer Minel Guy waltzes from table to table with her accordion as diners sing along. Guy, who's 76, recently celebrated her 31st year performing here. But she admits singing Edith Piaf songs makes her a bit uneasy. I don't have her voice, she says. Edith Piaf songs are beautiful when she sings them. But when other people try, it's not the same. When Piaf started singing at only 14 years old, it was often about love, life, and loss on the streets in this scruffy bohemian and multi-ethnic neighborhood. Even after she left, it informed her art, and she chose to be buried here. Walking near her gravestone in the 97th division of the Père Lachaise Cemetery is 87-year-old Jacques Leblanc. He tells me he had the opportunity to hear Piaf in person twice. She was certainly one of France's most famous and important singers, he says. Okay, here she is. There's a little plaque on top of her gravestone. It says, Edith. It says, Tes chansons sont toujours d'actualité, which translates to, Your songs are still relevant. Standing with Leblanc near Piaf's grave, I asked him what he thinks about using AI to recreate her voice. No, I don't think so, he says matter-of-factly. He heads over to her grave, pauses briefly, and walks away. For Empire News, I'm Rebecca Rossman in Paris. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Imagine a house where every room follows a different architect's plan. Doorways don't connect. Staircases lead nowhere. Lost Patients is a new podcast examining our complicated system for treating psychosis, one that loses patients to an endless loop between the streets, jail, and hospitals. We'll ask how it got so bad and how it can get better. Listen to Lost Patients from KOW and the Seattle Times, part of the NPR Network. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXLLearning.com.